Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Go to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. We're talking about, uh, again, I mean, look, this is just to expand your horizons. I didn't realize you guys had had Eli on, but apparently you did. But I'm happy to have a chance to visit with him. It's a great gift idea, I think. The book is called Don't Know Tough. And Eli joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Eli, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You bet. Well, we don't communicate very well, the guys and I don't, so they did not bother to tell me until this morning that you've already been on the show, but I'm sure it'll be <laughs> far more insightful now with me asking the questions. So It was a long time ago. I mean, it was probably, I think it was March. I, I'm wanting to say it was March right before spring break. Maybe you were gone on spring break, but I mean, that was, shoot, yeah, that was nine months right. ago. Yeah, it came out in March, and my wife and I, were, we got to do a little tour, so we were out like uh we left Nashville and we're headed to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, so it was, it was, I remember that call distinctly because we were winding through the Smokies there, trying to, trying to keep service. I was trying to hold my head just right so that I'd come through. So yeah. Gotcha. This one, this one's a lot more, a lot more low key. From Nashville to Asheville. That's a, that's a tough trip. So. Yeah. It's a tough trip from head coach to writer too. And I was reading your story a little bit and there aren't a lot of guys that I've met that get into coaching that don't stay with it until their careers are over. I mean, some guys do it late in their career, but usually guys don't decide, you know what, this maybe isn't for me after a few years, especially for a guy who had such a love of football for like you did. Um, Ultimately, what was the, the thing that pushed you out and gave you the confidence to pursue writing full time? Yeah, it was a strange deal. So I was never like a, a big like fan. I really liked playing. I played, started tackle football in third grade here in Russellville. I'm from Russellville. Um, but I would come home and watch SpongeBob. You know, I'd read a book or I'd watch a movie. I was never, I mean, I remember my dad always getting me talking like, son, if you just watch a football game, like you'd be a better player, you know, especially as a quarterback. He was right. Um, and when I got done, I played at Washita. Uh, when I finished up there, I really had no intentions of being a coach. I was gonna. I had um, some applications in the MFA creative writing programs. My hope was for Ole Miss. They have a really good one there with all the Faulkner and Grisham stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a call from a football team in Carlstead, Sweden, to come play overseas and. Part of the deal was they wanted, when they were like interviewing me, they wanted, you know, they wanted me to have interest in being a football coach because part of the deal was I was going to also be the offensive coordinator. So I'd, I'd bring an offense, call the plays, teach the offense, and play quarterback, which is what I ended up doing. And then when I got done, I home. I was just going to go home for about two three months. I had longer down past my shoulders, and um, I was signed up to play. A with a team in Cannes, France, in the French Riviera, the Cannes Iron Mask. And I was just home for that little bit of time, and I met what would soon become my future wife, my wife now. And a haircut, and about the only job I was I was qualified for at the time was a high school football coach. I got into it, worked with J.R. Eldridge there in Arkadelphia, mm-hmm. um, and just that was the start of it. And he just, he was also, we might be the only two English literature majors turned high school football coaches uh, in Arkansas. If there's, if there's other others out there, I'd love for them to, to chime in at some point. But we were two English former English lit majors working that, and, and 
really, I mean, working with him was a, was was huge. So when I got out of it, I guess I say all that to say it wasn't it wasn't too crazy to me because I always I'd always had dreams of trying to do something like this. What was the genesis of Don't Know Tough? Yeah, so, I, mean, I coached Arcadia. I then I was the head coach at Clarksville at age twenty six. And then I finished out at Moulton with Coach McNabb. So Cody McNabb was the defensive coordinator when I was at Russellville. Um, and all of that, I mean, from being a player, being in the locker room, being a coach, uh, a big part of just the strain um, was when I became that head coach at 26 um, because I just I wasn't ready. I mean, I think I probably got the job for, for my playing career, you know, more than my coaching career. And so, yeah, it just was, it was, I remember I had a coach tell me one time, you know, there's, there's no greater difference than moving to that other side of the desk. <laughs> you know, and, and so it was this education of, um, of everything, of manhood, of small town politics, of, of everything, you know, that came at 26 and 27. Are there characters in your book that <laughs> kind of <laughs> might remind others of some people you played with throughout the years? Well, there's definitely a coach in there. There's a coach that they call Bull, um, and we had a coach in Arkansas, and he he he's been through this before because I mean everybody knows it's Eric Hart. Eric Hart was a Malvern coach in Arkadelphia with us, and he was he was the old guy, you know, in the locker room, and kind of the the sage, the the guy who would offer up wisdom to all us young bucks. And he literally called me Hollywood, which is what the character in the book calls um, the the head coach in this book. And uh, so, yeah, the bull knows, and and he gets a kick out of the fact that he made it in the book. But players, stuff like that, I mean, five years of high school football, there's so many stories. You know, there's so many things. Real stuff, you know, on the field, and then real stuff where you get close to the to the boys and, and any coach anybody who's ever coached knows this i mean that that's why you do it and that's where the biggest um chance to do it. that's what it looks about i mean it's the title you know tough and so many people don't know um but these kids who are dealing with extreme poverty bad home life you know you don't know what's going on with them talking to eli crater on the brand of moving in storage hotline um the reception of the book, We, I guess we talked to you the last time you were on, and it was just coming out or about to come out, and I've read a lot of good reviews. What has it been like for you as far as the promotion of the book? What, what kind of reception have you gotten? It's been actually, I mean, it's been beyond my wildest dream. So when I got out of coaching, I, that was about five years ago, and I just went after writing, like with my same sort of kind of approach. I mean, I... Football had been my life since third grade. You never missed a season. Played two seasons, the one year in Sweden and my senior year at Washington. Um, and so I had all, I mean, you, you hear about this with players and, you know, when they get done with sports, trying to figure out, like, what's next and what they do. And I just went after riding. I, I got up at five. We had our daughter had been born by then. And I would write from, like, five to seven to, like, she got up before school started. I was teaching English, um, and I'd write, and I'd get about 2,000 words. Um, and so it took about five years. I wrote this book in, like, 2017, and so it took about five years for it to come out. So I was just honestly, like, so excited to finally get a book out there 
because being a published author, novelist is kind of like, you know, going into the NFL. If you're going to have an agent, you're going to have like all these other things before they'll ever, you know, even let you into the, to play the game at all. So I was just happy to be in the game and, and then finally, you know, have a book out there. And then, yeah, this, it's really been good. It had good initial stuff, but this past, I guess it was last week or week before last, New York Times put out like their list of best books in USA Today. And so Dodo Tough hit both of those lists. And that's been, that's been kind of the whirlwind, you know, uh, of a lot of people reaching out and finding it that probably hadn't found up till that point. Can we still get it? I mean, could you get it before Christmas if I ordered it today, you think? Yes, that's the funny thing, man. It's like, uh, it's, it's the bittersweet of all this is, um, like, Amazon, I think, is temporarily out of stock, um, which is a good thing. It means that they've sold it. But, you know, Amazon has, like, those other vendors. They have books. I know Wordsworth Books there in Little Rock has signed copies. My hometown bookstore has signed copies. But all vendors have the books. So if you do Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, I just know that when those lists came out, I think it, it was really you know, moving on Amazon. So it's available wherever books are sold. There's audio book version, and the paperback comes out in February. Gotcha. Uh, again, talking to Eli Craner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. The book is Don't Know Tough. Did I see paperbacks coming out spring next year? Yeah, February. February. Okay. Um, go ahead and get the hardback, though, for Christmas, folks. It's good. Your inspirations, Eli, I was reading through an interview you had done, and it's both literary inspiration but also a musical inspiration that you key in on when you're writing, I read. And it's a guy that I've been a huge fan of for a long time as a former trumpet player, but uh, I was just curious about your inspirations, and maybe you'd share that with your listener or our listeners. Yeah, so you're talking about Miles Davis? Yes, sir. Yeah, so Miles Davis, man, I, the album, uh, with the, I can't even remember the album. It's like got six or seven songs. Do you think I would remember it? Kind of Blue, is that uh, the one? Yeah, that's it, Kind mm-hmm. of Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it was. It was back in those early days when I first started, you know, getting up really early and doing it, and I, I would just put, I have like beats headphones, you know, like noise-canceling headphones, which is crucial when you have, you know, young kids in the house, and I would put that album on, just on repeat or on shuffle, and to this day, like six years later, um, that is all I listen to. It's kind of like, I don't know if you're into mindfulness meditation, you know, they tell you to like ring a bell or something to like set your mind into yeah. that zone, and um, that's what that that album is for me. Outside of that, like Miles Davis, I don't know, you know, I don't know a whole lot about it. But musical, I love Jason Smith. So I grew up listening to the Drive By Truckers, um, huge fans. I mean, talk about storytelling. And then my dad, musically, I mean, all the John Prine, the Jerry Jeff Walkers. Uh, um, Harry Chapin is a, a lesser known maybe guy that really tells a good story. But then, yeah, writing uh, that really cut my teeth because I was an English literature guy, like on the Southern lit stuff. So, of course, like Faulkner and Flannery O'Connor, but then a little more modern there was a Mississippi writer named Larry Brown. There was a Georgia writer named Harry Cruz. Um, and so those guys. Um, or just, you know, where I started. And then mm-hmm. these days, there's a really cool dude named Atkins, Dean at Auburn. Uh, and he's actually on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like back in the, the 90s. 
And um, he, he lives and works in Oxford and writes really cool, um, like, commercial. I didn't read a lot. Like, Don't Know Tough Into That's Getting Past is like a mystery or thriller. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of new to that genre, which is which is cool to me. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll sit wherever they want me to sit on the, on the bookshelf there. So where, what are you working on now? Anything we can look forward to the next year? Yeah, yeah. So the next book comes out in April. Um, same, same publisher, same, you know, same sort of stuff. It's called Ozark Dogs. One more time. And it is Ozark Dogs. Ozark Dogs, okay. Yeah, and it's just kind of like a reimagining of Hatfield, McCoy's, um, you know, small town, Arkansas. All my books, I, it's been a goal of mine to, as an Arkansas boy and growing up, and, you know, any time I would see Arkansas in anything, you know, in movies, movie or something, you know, I'd, I'd get excited because all our families from eastern Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I always want to set my stuff in in Arkansas and, and this one is just yeah two two families that are that are going at it still um, here in Arkansas so another thriller crime sort of deal like that gotcha we'll look forward to that listen man happy uh, holidays to you and your family I really appreciate the time when the new one comes out let's get you down here to Little Rock and we'll get you on the show in the studio maybe what do you say deal sounds okay. good to me <laughs> All right, going out with Miles Davis, it sounds like. Got to, got to. (laughs) Listen, uh, congrats on your success, my friend. I know it's been a good year for you, and looking forward to 23 for you. Hope it's another good one. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Y'all have a happy holiday. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care. See y'all. Eli Craner.